Welcome to this week's episode of Safe Room, Bloody Disgusting's Dead Pixels Horror Video Game Podcast, delivering a horrifying new episode every Monday. I am one of your hosts, Neil Ball. And I'm the other one, Jay Krieger. We're hearing it that way around. <laughs> this week's episode is an experiment of sorts with a new format called The Chopping Block, in which, as you may have ascertained, I assign Jay some spooky homework in an attempt to help combat his ever-growing back catalogue. Don't we all have such a problem? Um, <laughs> and where better to begin Chopping Block than with one of my favourite games of 2021 that we mentioned towards the end of the year in our Best of the Year podcast, that being Spookware from developer Beeswax Games. Uh, Jay didn't have a chance to play the game at the time of that Game of the Year chat, so I'm eager to finally pick his brain about this quirky horror-themed crack at WarriorWare. Um, so, a little background here. It originally was released as a short set of horror-related micro-games in standalone form and as part of a DreadX collection by the wonderful folks at DreadXP. Uh, Spookware grew into a full-fat project where the, the goofy little games became part of the furniture in a full-on adventure game. Uh, so the game itself will eventually feature four episodes with three distinct chapters in each. Um, so far, the first episode and the first three chapters are out, and that's what we are talking about today. And they are very much deserving to be talked about in their own right. So, in this episode, three skeleton brothers, Skelebros, uh, called Lefty, Midi and Righty, embark on an afterlife-changing road trip to better themselves, having spent their entire lives watching DVDs in the basement, and VHSs, I should say, and end up stumbling into one farcical situation after another, full of minigames. Um, and as a result of that, we are here to dive into it, and Jay... Obviously, we came into this with very different expectations. I came into this having sort of seen the genesis of it from its, you know, just the micro games as on their own part of the DreadX collection, all the way up into this, which is why even then it surprised me massively because I was expecting, okay, so they'll put some story bits in between the mini games, yeah, yeah, and then to see that the mini games were just micro games, I should say, that were such a background part but you know fundamental to it was amazing because the game I got, we got with it was fantastic to me how about you on that yeah so I had kind of forgotten about the brief chat that we had about it from our game of the year episode uh, last year other than of course like oh it's this horror themed take on warrior wear which yeah. just from that kind of like water cooler pitch like I'm already there for that like that really <laughs> Sounds intriguing and it sounds interesting in a way that like, okay, I haven't played a WarioWare game since I was a kid. Now you're giving it this horror tinge to it. So yeah, I'm on board with that already. And initially, I was not that I was put off by it, but I was just like, okay, you've got these three skeletons are sitting on a sofa and you're going to run through these nine mini games. Mm -hmm. And again, not knowing much about it going into it, I was like, well, this is going to be the entire framework for this short experience. The only thing I really knew was is that it was a relatively short game. So I figured, okay, you're going to be in this basement, you're going to play some mini games, and they're probably going to be of uh, varying quality and difficulty and things like that. But the majority of it is just going to be a series of mini games. And then as soon as I finished the first nine mini games, and then you leave the basement with lefty, midi, and righty, and then go and venture out into these other chapters and each of the chapters having its own distinct setting and sort of theme to go with it. And 
the gameplay being reflective of the different kind of quirky situations that they find themselves in, it made for an experience that really surpassed my expectations. Not that I would have had a problem necessarily with, you know, just this constant stream of mini games, them increasing in difficulty or just the different types of mini games that you're playing. Mm. But re- having this realization that the game opens up into this whole world and there being an exploration aspect to it really just kind of blew me away at first. I was so I was taken aback in a way that I'm don't find I always am with a lot of these smaller games, more so just because again, the scale of it exploded in a way I wasn't anticipating and then on top of that, that complements like the writing and the humor and the things that we'll get into and the various ways in which those mini games are reflective the further into the various situations that these skeleton mm-hmm. brothers find themselves in. I mean, it was a really wonderful surprise that I was not expecting and I enjoyed it so much that as soon as I finished the three chapters, I went back and started just replaying some of the mini games that were the most memorable <laughs> ones and kind of remixing that. But I'm sure we'll detail uh, we'll detail that feature. Yes, absolutely, we will. Um, I was saying to you before we started this that it's pretty much expressing what we were talking about in the Horror Bites episode last month for this month, which you know you have these small experiences and you want them to turn into big games you know, in their own right, and this is a prime example of that because as i said it started as just the mini games then the skeletons got added as part of the dreadx version and as well and then we get the whole thing and it takes it to places you wouldn't expect and that in itself is just great because it feels like then there was always something it doesn't feel like it's thrown together in that way because you know the sense of humor here the tone everything fits with the mini games you know, and the fact they adapt what they did in the, the beginning and change it depending on the situation. You know, um, like once you get out the first chapter, and it is very much like, oh, okay, these are the mini games that I was used to from the original versions. Then they sort of start changing, and then they take on a theme depending on what episode you're doing. And it's great to see that you can do that, and you know, the fact that we're going to get more and more of these over over time that try different things, but. I think the main thing, if the adventure game on top hadn't worked, hadn't been engaging, then you know it wouldn't matter. You'd be like, I want to get to the mini games. I want to get to the mini games. Right. Whereas it ended up being kind of the opposite. It was like you're kind of just sort of wanting to explore these places more and more, get on with these characters more and more. Because I, you know, for I think for my sense of humour, especially, I really found it a funny game. You know, it, it, absolutely it's just constantly throwing out stuff that I find ridiculous in the best way and the game knows it and that's all I wanted out of it so I think first off we'll go episode by episode and deal with the mini games maybe within that a bit more uh, less on the third one because I think the first two are the strongest but so if we start with obviously the basement itself is if I could put it into words it would be like the Elder Scrolls sort of intro section if you will you know it's like here's a very basic corridor of things you have to do blah 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 and then once you get out of that it's open you can see this is the potential of everything could be now your shackles are off so to speak and so yeah it's the expected experience and then like okay we're done that's it That's, that's out of the way um 
yeah and it works really well like that um so once that is done they decide to go out into the world and the first thing they want to do is go to high school and graduate and <laughs> which is like, apparently they, they feel like we could just do that we'll do that on a day it, it's fine and so <laughs> they do um the way they go about it is they end up stumbling into an end of year band basically is the best way to put it I think and uh, with no real musical skill to them whatsoever they take on the role of bongo player uh, and <laughs> basically end up challenging various members of the school band who they're trying to get together to perform for the big ceremony so they can graduate is they have a bongo of you know they use their bongo against whatever weapon and that's the mini game so you know that's the first real change to the format like okay it's just a timing mini game where you see and so it's the first time we'll sort of point out how these mini I keep saying mini games really they are micro games but if I change and chop doesn't matter we know what we mean here but so they take on this very lo-fi approach which again is just Adorable to me. I, I think you know this whole like you know, like someone's cut out pieces of you know, magazines and stuck them together to make stuff. Sort of approach to stuff. And they, yeah, they always have a horror theme. Like maybe you'd be soaring through a leg, or maybe you'd be like <laughs> <laughs> killing Chopping back. off fingers on yeah, a cutting board. That's it, and stuff like that, and or just like shooting skeletons or whatever. And it's really cool. So when it suddenly shifts to this, where you are just doing this sort of bongo off in, in a very you know it's still horror themed in the sense that this isn't set in the afterlife if you will and you know this is them <laughs> trying to live their afterlife if you will. like they've wasted their afterlife to this point watching stuff on t- on VHS or whatever and yeah so this <laughs> made me laugh especially that just the absurdity of like they go into high school to graduate in a day and this is how they go about it how, so how, how did you find this sort of gradual reveal of this chapter so I think that that first chapter is really indicative of Spookware's strength in incorporating an environment and a setting in some really strange ways that end up actually working a lot better than you might think they would like having a bongo off be the main mechanic of what essentially serve as like the mini boss fights up until the final boss uh, mini game and whatnot. like there's nothing that is indicating in that tutorial section of uh, micro games that you are going to have like a musical component that is akin to like Guitar Hero, right? Yeah. Where you have to match the notes that are playing and whatnot in a certain amount of time. You can only miss like one or two or three and then you have to restart. Um, and I think that that element really speaks to just how s- not only self-aware, but like how fully realized the incorporation of, again, like a lot of these mini games are with the setting and the humor and everything just coheses together in a way that makes for something that's unlike anything else you played. I mean, again, we're going to reference WarioWare, we're going to reference different beat games maybe or other micro experiences, but really this has an identity that is so well-defined within the opening moments that every single minigame, you know, they're varying uh, difficulty and whatnot and some of them maybe take more than one or two tries to really master to get a grasp on because again you've got that ticking clock every time you're sitting down you've got probably i don't know 30 seconds to complete some of these if you mess up more than once or twice then you fail which there isn't really a penalty because you can just keep restarting basically and it also allows you um, occasionally 
you'll get this screen with like a demon comes along to offer you the mm-hmm. chance to cut out one of the mini games that's causing you trouble, which is a helpful tool. Yeah, you know, to be said. Yeah, but I think that again, the core concept of like these three skeleton brothers that have like air quotes wasted their life watching horror movies and then having that identity really interwoven into each of the mini games in a way that is you know some of them are gruesome but the game itself is never gruesome to the degree that it's like reveling and being gory or bloody or anything no. like that like you said one of them is you're severing through uh, the neck of a body and yet once the head like slides to the side it just looks like it's like deli meat or something like yeah. that it doesn't even look like they're very gruesome in the act but it's m- lacking all of the gore that you would yeah. typically associate with sawing through a neck or something to that extent or there's w- one mini game where you have a hot dog and the end goal is to get mustard on it and before the timer runs out you have to get mustard across the entire length of the hot dog <laughs> and where is the mustard coming from it's coming from a slit in what looks like a human body but instead of blood or anything, it's just leaking mustard onto the hot dog, which <laughs> is completely ridiculous. But it works in line with this sensibility of humor that, you know, I would compare it to being Adult Swim level of weirdness. Yes. But it's not as crass as maybe some of the things that would be on Adult Swim or whatever. Like, again, it deals in some of the core gameplay mechanics that are in some of these minigames are rather... Uh, gruesome, but it lacks again a lot of the explicit content that would push this into being something that young adults couldn't experience or something like that, which yes, is a different difficult balance, right? I think that it's something that I thought about a lot with this and how this game is perfectly finding that balance of being accessible to younger generations of genre fans as well as you know adults like us that are even though there's no swearing or blood or gore in it, it's this horror experience that is taking comedy and taking horror and making it into an experience that really can be enjoyed by all, um, which I find to be a rarity sometimes. You know, I think something that when we're talking about horror games a lot of the time, horror games have a tendency to be reduced to like, well, how scary is it? Mm. Uh, and, And that's the metric for whatever reason that it seems a lot of people will base their enjoyment of an experience on. Whereas this game uses the horror genre and it combines it with dark humor and comedy um, in a way that makes for an experience that is can be enjoyed by all while still having very, very weird sense of humor that uh, is very <laughs> much in line, I think, with you and I's uh, enjoyment of like weird humor and things like that. I was thinking of, uh, it's funny, I'm re-watching for the first time, uh, I Think You Should Leave on Netflix, yeah. which you've recommended to me a number of times, and watching that and then playing this in between <laughs> episodes or something like that, and it's such a similar sensibility of humor in that it is so foreign from like what probably a majority of people think is funny and sometimes you can't even explain why it's funny but it just it's so self-aware and it leans into the absurd in such a manner that it ends up working really really well uh, throughout but um, I think even just like from the opening moments of the game you have a before the title screen even it says like presented in cinema spook instead of like (laughs) <laughs> it's very much akin to sort of like genre films back in the day or something to that extent where just fully understanding the tone and never really allowing that to dissipate and, you know, breaking down the other acts more and more, we'll get to, you know, some of the strengths and then maybe it wanes towards the third act. But throughout the game, like there is a commitment to 
this weird sense of humor that informs all of the games along with, you know, we'll talk about the exploration element more and just the dialogue, which I was surprised by how interactive the game would be Yeah. in terms of not only the mini games, but just your ability to explore these sprawling areas, sprawling in the sense of like, okay, I thought we were going to be confined to a basement and now I'm exploring a high school, I'm exploring a ship, I'm exploring uh, a bona fide version of uh, Manhattan. And there's a depth there I wasn't expecting, but there's also the interactive portion and the dialogue that, of course, continues that humor, which, you know, for this type of game, and I haven't necessarily like played a lot of the WarriorWare games or anything that well-versed in them, but what I remember about that or something like Mario Party was outside of a party setting or something where you're passing the controller around with people or, you know, you've got a couple of friends over playing... I would never play those games because it's like, okay, you've played these mini games and that is all there is to it, essentially. There's not really a narrative or a story. And this is why I think I enjoyed Spookware so much is that in between the mini games, you get to explore that humor in a different way or a different facet. And that was so pivotal, I think, to uh, my overall enjoyment of Spookware. Yeah, and I think in that first sort of chapter that makes me laugh the most is just the idea that the way to solve problems is by the power of bongos. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, just this lame, you know, I'm going to say it's like one of the lamest instruments because it's, it's one of those things someone might pull and go, oh, look, yeah, I've got some bongos and someone will just piss about with them. I have a fucking set of bongos upstairs. It's the only musical instrument I own in this entire house. But it's like, <laughs> because That's one more than I do, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, that sort of thing and I love the idea that all these seasons, seasoned musicians are like oh you know I, I dedicate myself to my craft and blah 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 and like uh, I'm a tortured artist and all this and it's like yeah well we can convince you by showing how damn good we are I am at the bongos like the sort of thing I just <laughs> and I love it it's just like and the accompanying images I think you know with this like skeletons playing instruments as you sort of do the bongo taps and yeah it, it just makes me laugh and kind of distracts you somewhat when you're trying to sort of time the rhythm out but it it, it just sets everything up perfectly for what comes one thing that I think really stands out to me in terms of not only the art style that's used in a lot of the micro games but just overall like each of the micro games no matter how simplistic they are right some of them take probably two or three tries before you really grasp oh okay I have to do this just because the margin of error is so slim which initially I like the first time I failed one I was like well what the hell how would I know that but again they're so short in ter- and they're so plentiful in terms of the mini games that you fail one you move on to the next one and then you inevitably will come back to it at some point but I just appreciated like the art direction for each of them right and how highly detailed they can be while you know graphically looking like that cut out from a magazine like you had mentioned that very simplistic graphical style but there is a good amount of detail to each of them, right? Yes. I think one of them, um, one of them, you're literally like sorting your taxes, <laughs> and so you have to stamp one of uh, one of the tax files, and then you have to sort it into the uh, correct pile. But just in that, and it's so simplistic, it's just flicking left or right, like right. You use uh, WASD, or you can just use the arrow keys for a majority of the mini games. Yes. You know, later as you become more comfortable and you progress further. They incorporate the mouse, which I want to talk about uh, in a little bit, just because it's such a smart, 
building upon of simplistic mechanics. And then again, it is very in line though, still with what you've been doing for a majority up until that Mm. point. Um, But the amount of detail in each of the mini games gives them their own personality or their own identity to the degree that even if it's just left and right sorting, each of the mini games feels distinct in some way, whether it's them being ridiculous, whether it be them being uh, a little more gruesome than the one that preceded it. Um, it's the type of thing that this game really revels in its ability to continually make the player sort of remember the overall, I don't know, the framework of all these games. Because again, they're yeah. all so simplistic and they play within the same variables in terms of like controls and manipulation of things. But each of them feels unique in its own way based on the look a majority of the time that I never felt like burnt out. I think that's an issue that I used to have with these types of like micro game experiences, which was a lot of the mini games kind of just feel like the same variables being recycled. Mm. But Spookware does it in a way that aesthetically, and you know, a large portion of that being in tune with the humor of the game, which I was such a fan of, I never got burnt out on any of the mini games, no matter how many times I played them, just because it was either like I either was coming back to one that I hadn't mastered previously, or it was something that was so tonally different than the one that came before it. Like, there's one minigame where you have a rat, like a, a infected rat that's over <laughs> a campfire, and you have to burn all the infection marks off of it before you eat it. Yeah. And then the next one was like trying to sever limbs on your own hand before the time runs out on a cutting board or something. <laughs> like, they're just, they're so deranged, but it's done so in a way that is almost like, cutesy which sounds ridiculous but it's done so in a way that it just it's not taking itself seriously and yet it has that humor behind it that i never got burnt out on this game at all which you know it's not necessarily a super long game it's three or four hours probably at the most but there's only so many mini games and i just never got burnt out and like i had said earlier as soon as i was finished i went right back and just reloaded a bunch of the mini games in my own remix which is a cool feature uh, where you can go back and all the tapes and mini games that you unlock, you can make your own mini game jumble essentially and run through those. Which I mean is a fantastic. I, I assume others have done that mm. before, but I just I loved it because I got to relive so many of those and have even wilder concoctions of uh, tapes preceding one another. Yeah, it's um, because you get this sort of initial surprise while you're playing the main story to. Uh have these sort of changes to each thing and then to sort of revisit them in a more compact formula like that like that is brilliant yeah I agree it works so well um so that chapter works out of course they do indeed get everything they need to do and decide they'll head off another thing they want to go on a cruise is the next thing they want to do and you know as it goes situations mean that they they can get on they get a ticket out of someone who didn't want to go couldn't go and they decide to go all go together um but of course it doesn't just end up being them being on a boat because what good would that be there's a murder to solve and unfortunately one of them is uh deemed to be a great detective and (laughs) and so so what is probably no not even probably it is the best chapter of the Mm. three uh, by far not just because of you know that set up but just what it does with it so you know I will point out without spoiling it I love the central conceit of this is that 
it's a murder mystery in the afterlife. Yeah, which plays out exactly like that should. Uh, and that in itself made me laugh way louder. <laughs> but just, again, the blagging they do of just like trying to do a whole Ace Attorney sort of game here, you yes. know, in its own vibe, but in this way. And I'd just been playing, when I was still like playing this, um, I'd been playing Ace Attorney Chronicles. And I was just like, it's mad how much this is taking the piss out of that, but in a really nice, earnest way. And that's where the mini games, the micro games change. They start to become more about deduction, like, oh, here's my evidence, blah, blah. But you, which again, you get by going around, talking to people, finding the evidence by going different places. And yeah, it's fun like that. And I love the futility that comes at the end of it. It's and the whole point of it just being like, you've done all this. And it's like, didn't really need to but it's like it's just it's, it's brilliant but that again it just perfectly suits this kind of humor and the chat you have with people on the boat and like the little side stories you get along the way doing it 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 just it goes leaps and bounds beyond what was in the first chapter you know it, you have this if that had been a game on its own and it, and like i said this is the big reason why it was in my talk at the end of the year because that chapter alone is just one of the best things I played all of last year it, it just it, it was unfortunate for the third chapter which I think is fine and good but it, it just it gets overshadowed by this for me how, how did you find it? well yeah I mean like you I think that it's the strongest chapter of the game in that it's so impressive because the game it carries over the same humor, the same sensibilities with mini games and the bizarro nature of those, and yet still like being very hilarious. But it redefines itself in a way that's so unexpected, but yet it feels so natural. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel it is foreign when you compare it to the chapter that came before it, but it yeah. feels perfectly in line with the game itself. So it doesn't feel jarring. It feels like a natural evolution on something. Before returning Absolutely. to the third chapter, which is a little more in line with the first chapter's sensibilities. Um, but again, like you had said, it's more about feeding into that exploration aspect of this game that, if anything, this is the strongest example of it. And running around and meeting all these weird people, different walks of life, they all have something hilarious to say that is probably more and more bizarre the more investigating you do and whatnot. Yes. <laughs> but again, like tying into that Phoenix, uh, uh, the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney angle, which you had mentioned, I mean, that in and of itself is like, that's a sound gameplay mechanic in the context of this game. It doesn't feel like it's a mechanic that they kind of like threw in there half-heartedly that's like, well, let's try something different. It feels fully fledged out. And not to say that it's super complex or anything, but that's not the point of the game, right? Because no. if it was all of a sudden a super difficult angle to take gameplay-wise, you're like, well, why is this so much more difficult than the part before it? And yet, it's just deep enough that there's logic behind it, behind mm-hmm. all the evidence you find. You have to use things at the right moment. There's no cutting corners. And yet, at the same time, like it's backed up by that humor that I just I couldn't get enough of because it's so in line with my own weird sense of humor, but it's done so in an experience that doesn't feel dragging at all you know it's yeah. it's very much taking a weird sensibility on various types of humor and exploring it in various avenues it's not like one joke or one sort of riffing no. on something and keep coming back to it the game is ever evolving on the its own weird sensibilities that i don't know it's a compliment i think to just how well realized it was 
and just presenting everything very unapologetically yeah um, in a way that was very very refreshing yeah it really does just get it on this one and I like what you're saying about an evolution because it does feel like that and it feels like the introduction as I said all the way to here does feel like a gradual build to this and again this is in part why the next chapter kind of douses the flame a little bit just because there was nowhere to go which I I think it's a good in the long run I think that'll be a good reset point for the next you know episode Mm -hmm. because then your expectations are reset this is where you are we know this is generally what we're going to get you might have like if if the middle episode of each you know in the middle chapter story of each episode is like this in that they try something daring and adventurous brilliant you know and because like we said the humour gets it there and it complements every like I I think we keep saying that the humour is so great but really it is so intrinsic to why the minigames feel unique even if you know mechanically they're not that complex at the end of the day, though, they are fully realized in that humor mm. that complements every single minigame and gives each of them their own identity that, you know, at a certain point, you become familiar enough with the game. And, you know, I want to come back to what I had alluded to earlier in that the first act, you're only using WASD or the arrow keys. And then in the second act, you begin to use the mouse more and seeing how that gets incorporated into, obviously, the detective uh, angle mm. or the interrogations where you have to select the gavel when you want to interrupt them when they say something that you have evidence that uh, counter uh, is uh, disproving they're basically lying about where they were or what they were doing and yet at the same time though there are game mini games in that act and in the next act especially where you have to use the mouse in that and you know when you say that it's a simple thing it's like wow okay you use the mouse to interact with things but Again, each of the mini games is so fine tuned in what it sets out to do, whether it be the overall objective of that, the aesthetic of it, the general just weirdness of it. But it does feel like this gradual growth of mini games and whatnot, the further you go. Um, I think, you know, if I were to like rearrange the acts or something like that, I probably would have ended with this one. But again, this act is so strong that even though the third act I didn't think was as strong, I had such a great time overall that I was like, well, just give me more. And, you know, you see the potential for them, including acts in DLC later on that it's like, well, imagine if I mean, the possibilities are endless because they're so unbounded by traditional storytelling or traditional humor or just traditional incorporation of all of these things that it makes for something that is so strong and yet the future still seems so bright in terms of like the potential of what they could tackle Um, but yeah I think also like talking about the humor being incorporated into the minigames like just the writing in general when you're interacting with all these characters was so strong and so funny that I literally spent more time than I needed to probably in each of those areas hitting up every single person no matter the act just to get that dialogue and you know a lot of it, probably half of the dialogue is inconsequential to continuing, but yeah. it's just so funny and it complements, again, it makes this world feel very cohesive in a way that I wasn't expecting. I was expecting, you know, you interact with one or two people and then they say something funny or they give you the next clue or indication where to go and then you move on. But when you have so many examples layered on top of one another of like, this is a real place in the afterlife, there's all these weird people, everybody's on the <laughs> same page. 
there's a lot more, it's more of an involving exploration angle. It doesn't feel tacked on to be no. like, well, if we want to justify selling this as a its own independence uh, horror game, okay, we have to have a little bit more than just like a series of mini games. It feels like it completely complements it in the most appropriate ways. And if anything, it makes up a great portion of why I enjoy this experience yeah. so much. Yeah, that's what I was saying before. It, it's mad how you know the evolution of this was to put the core of it as the background stuff really at the end of the day what you know and make the story shine as well as it does and i you know being a small developer it's adam pipe victor kraus uh Tabau, bdb you know they can take their time you know under this dread xp sort of you know ethos of doing games and pump out the next chapter when it's ready and when it's needed and people are going to love it because you know I'm, I'm, I'm there to say that especially because I'm very much looking forward to the next time we get this and that's great to see you know that a guarantee that they can have that next shot and I'm sure they'll be involved with other projects as well and in the meantime that will help them sort of push this into even more exciting spaces and like you said there there is such potential you know there but you know before we you know get too sort of sentimental and wrapping it up there there, there is still one more chapter we sort of have to talk about <laughs> and um yeah you know which and you know as much as i've been sort of downbeat about it it really is just because it comes after that um but this chapter you know the events of that chapter see the brothers end up inheriting a restaurant which is supposed to be this five-star joint. Of course it's not. It's a broken-down, filthy hole. That They decide that they will make the best restaurant ever by procuring the right recipes and beating the masters of cooking, effectively, and then just, yeah, pushing it out there. And you can imagine how that goes based on, on what we said so far. So I suppose you get comfortable at this point in, in what the game can do and how the situation is going to go that maybe it loses a little of what you would call it shine but that coupled with the fact you just had this sort of out of nowhere change you know in the last one to sort of go back this as you said is very much in keeping with what the original idea is but it does some fun things with it you know the mini games are fun they do interesting story progression and feels more like a fighting game, you know, than the previous two, you know, chapters. Yeah, it, it really just sort of feels like you're on this road to fighting your way to be the head chef. Is so, yeah, Master Chef X Mortal Kombat, if you will. It's 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 much like that, and that's the fun, absurd part of it. Um, so yeah, as much as we've been saying, you know, oh, look, this was good, but this is not as good. It's still really fun, you know, and really enjoyable. That's the thing. Like, the the second act is so, so strong for all the reasons that we've said that, you know, it feels like a little bit of a damper, but really that is not necessarily to say, like, the third act itself is not enjoyable because it really is the perfect distillation of the first act's mechanics mm. in a way that I really liked. It takes a lot, again, you get this 
variety of mini games that are now like food centric, but at the same time they're still in line with that very twisted humor in that you know you're uh, you're cutting fish up with a samurai sword or you're <laughs> skewering eyeballs on a on what looks like a chopstick or something of that effect, and it's taking that that was so well established in the first act that was mini games and the wide variety of them, and then it's adding a much more hectic. Um, element to it it's a more yes. heck, uh, it's a sped up version essentially because you have to seat tables and the t- number of tables is growing with what is essentially like a new boss fight every couple of yeah. mini games or something like that because the restaurant grows which adds more hesitancy to what you're doing and so you have to seat people whenever they sit down and they eat their meal their meal is completed you have to like click on their they basically offer up a mini game that you have to play yeah. and then more people are trying to come into the restaurant and then you have to clean tables in between that and it's so much more hectic but it is the best I think refined mechanics and implementation of that from the first act now I'm not as keen on it because I didn't think the environment itself was nearly as interesting or as large or unique or whatnot but from a gameplay perspective I think it adds more challenge which feels in line again with like the way in which the game is scaled in terms of introducing new mechanics or a wider open environments it's a more i think actually like the third chapter might actually have been weaker if they had tried to expand the environment more yeah just because at that point then the gameplay wouldn't really be able to shine or necessarily like how hectic that gets at the very end of that experience or that chapter rather yeah um yeah, you know, I think again it it doesn't feel as inventive maybe as the one that pers- that came before it, but at the same time like it is doing something that feels like it's building upon. It's not necessarily taking a step back if anything. Yeah. It it's I think what's key to it still being workable is the fact that it thematically the pace feels right. Yeah, if uh, if anyone's ever worked in a restaurant kitchen environment, mm-hmm. it, it's fucking hell you know it, it's no matter even on the lowest level of that chain you you will find that it's not easy it's fast paced to the detriment of your sanity <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and yeah the, the, I, I had some horrible flashbacks uh, things like that in that bit which probably didn't help but yeah it, it gets As that did I. yeah it, it gets that really well I would like to think that's personal personal experience in there somewhere, but um, yeah, it it works in this sort of hybrid of that and like kung fu revenge thing, you know, where like oh, we mm-hmm. must master all this to be the best sort of thing, which in keeping you know with the, the style of this game as it is means that ultimately. It doesn't work out for them the way they hoped, but it's like <laughs> so. And that to me is a very interesting thing throughout that, which is they appear to achieve things really easily, but yeah. there is always a consequence for that. Uh, they always end up having to lose out somehow because they're so naive about the wider world. You know, like you know, they do all they do in the second bit to. Get, and end up getting this as a reward and like it ends up being more work and being more stressed and doing all that in turn then leads to more, more punishment effectively for that. and I, I like that and I just love the way the, the brothers take that you know, in, in their own sort of stride 
Yeah, you know, it, this game I think is a real testament to even the, no matter how thin a semblance of a story is, overall it can bolster the entire experience mm. in a way that makes it into something that is, a, I don't know, it just, I was very, very, again, my expectations weren't, not to say they were low, but my idea of what this game was was a series of mini games and then they evolve on that a little bit but like having this world to explore and explore the humor in ways that are never repeating themselves again like it's in line with the same sensibilities of humor from the first act to the third act but at the same time like I never felt like they were just hitting the same beats over and over and over which can vary I mean that's an often an issue with trying to incorporate humor into anything right is that you have a joke that works and you're like, well, let's return to the well on that continuously. And this game never does that, even though every single joke that's made feels representative of the ones that you've heard before. It And yet it's not just kind of like beating that same drum. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just the idea that like, OK, you've got these skeleton brothers. They want to go to high school. They want to go on a cruise. They want to open They open up a restaurant or they inherit a restaurant. And then they go to a temple at some point, like an ancient temple. Like there's <laughs> again, it's. These are not like the most original of premises, but the way in which they're able to really just intertwine the mini games to complement that, the dialogue to complement all of that. It may, it's this was such a wonderful surprise in a way that, you know, it, based on how it looks, I could see people being like, well, this kind of looks like just this like little indie game that's not jumping off the screen at me. And yet there's so much more depth here than I'm sure any number of mini game style experiences that maybe have a more traditional graphical style mm. or something that is more 3D in nature or refined or something to that extent. I mean, this is so in line with my humor sensibilities. I love the presentation of it, the originality of the mini games, the aesthetic of all of them. I mean, this was such a joy from start to finish. And, you know, I would, can't wait to see the direction that they're able to take this in DLC, which, you know, at the moment there isn't any, but there's clearly a plan to because when yes. you're swapping through in the game itself it says that there's DLC but yeah. it's all locked at the moment yeah they, they have reiterated that they are in the making of that and it is coming so not too far we should see it at some point soon which is good and I will say that whatever else um, I think the, the payoff of this you know, episode is great you know like, mm-hmm. like I was saying it works for this that they keep ending up in misfortune and yet for all their work it's not like you know they were wronged or anything like that necessarily it's they keep getting away with their naivety you know but also pay for it too and that culminates wonderfully here I think so yeah it, it, it works as a whole sort of package sets it up nicely for the next one and I like having this sort of weight wait now between this and the next one and knowing that we'll have a wait again for the next one after that the next one after that because it feels like you know the perfect formula for this you know where you are you know stuff that is already bite-sized is served in chunks itself and yeah I'm really looking forward to that so I hope you've enjoyed our, our first sort of go at this uh, me recommending you something yeah i appreciate you uh, agreeing to this rather selfish endeavor of mine but uh <laughs> it was uh no i really enjoyed this and you know it's one of those things where and i'm sure i'm not the only one that deals with this you know back catalog aside but so very indecisive when i have free time to be oh. like well what am i going to tackle i've got you know 
not only a back catalog of games, but also of like movies and shows and all of this and that. So, and you know, the nature of uh, your role at Blade Disgusting, right? You're playing a lot more games than I am more frequently and things like that. Yeah. So, you obviously have a uh, greater knowledge of a lot of maybe hidden gems that I would have missed or just games in general. And you can kind of giving me, uh, helping me shine the light in the darkness of my ever-growing back catalog is very much appreciated. So I look forward to doing this again. Yeah, absolutely. So until next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Safe Room. Please consider following and rating the show on your preferred podcast platform. And for updates on the show, follow us on Twitter at Safe Room Pod. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.